you know, Andrew, you don't have to do the countdown for us. We get a countdown. You do yeah. software. <laughs> yeah. Oh. You could have told me that like now a year ago. Yeah, well, I don't know. There's it's like been a quite a while. Record, but yeah, there's wow. a flashing uh, timer for us. I but you look like a all... hotshot Hollywood producer. So like uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I like that part. That that is half the reason I'm here. You Not all producers. look at you, you. You all. You both look at the screen very intently when I do it. So I think that it's doing something in, you know informative. But I guess it's just the numbers you're looking at. Well, you've I, got the uh, as I the kids both. would say, you've got you got great riz when it comes to doing the countdown. Oh my I, god! I get the you know I get the the yeah like a lot of gesturing like a big you know over the top yeah riz. <laughs> what is riz exactly? Jake, oh, it's charisma. It's, charisma. It, oh. it's je ne sais quoi. Mm. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah, Moxie, you Moxie, know. yeah. Young, hey. people, young people need to. Young people need to invent their own. It's Moxie, but with specific to. Uh, uh, I, I, romantic I, prospecting. Roman, yes. Oh, oh uh, right. well, that makes it all much weirder. Retro, retroactively. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, especially when it's coming from an eleven-year-old to two other eleven-year-olds. Yeah. Yeah. My kids, my kids have been busting me for using uh, Riz lines on mom. So, not oh. their mom, not my mom. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because the, I, would, <laughs> I would, I would be on your kid's side if you were using on your. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Jeez, not using Riz lines on uh, Yeah. No. Okay. Well, <laughs> this is cue the, the theme start. music. Wah, 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 yeah. Wah, 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 wah. yeah. No. We don't. Have I won't do it. Terrible, terrible marching band music. Yeah. yeah. That we, um, that's that's our theme song, but we never play it. Yeah. It's just yeah. it's sort of it's it's kept in a band held in a band for when we really need it. It's bad. Yeah. yeah. Maybe uh, maybe someday for some anniversary episode we bring it back uh, Supreme Court barbecue. Maybe. Yeah. Not. Probably not. It is looking better and better uh, as we try <laughs> yeah. to, to improve upon it. It, it, is, uh, it stands as the best theme song we've had so far. Has there That's just right. been a huge setback in AI music generation? Is that what's going on here? The Maybe. setback is all these people starting to charge money and us not wanting to pay $5. Yeah. No. Uh, so I don't want to pay $5. <laughs> no. I'm going to set my kid down with GarageBand on the iPad and let them come up with a theme song. We'll give them $5. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. would love that. I would okay. pay $5 for that theme song. That sounds great. Hey, Andrew, what are we doing here? Uh, here, we're talking. This is a show, right? This is episode 31 <laughs> of that show. This is... Where's my notes? Uh, hi. So this is episode 31 for February 1st, 2024. That's today as we're recording. The show's three lawyer friends goofing around for their own enjoyment. Nothing we say should be con- construed or taken as legal advice. I'm one of the friends. I'm Andrew Leahy. I'm a tax and technology attorney in New Jersey, and I'm also an adjunct professor of law at Drexel Klein. My pause condolences. Pause. Could, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm joined. Thank you. I'm joined as always. Oh, but my students right now are taking uh, a midterm. I wonder if anybody could possibly be listening. I wouldn't think so. Do, do your students listen to you? Do you know? I don't think so. Uh, maybe minimum competence. Maybe. I, I wouldn't expect. Okay. I mean, like, I think they get enough of me for like four hours a week. I think by the end of yeah, that, but you're done. I mean, it, you know, if you're a they gunner. Listen. If I was a gunner in law school, which I was a medium gunner, I wasn't a listen to my law professor's podcast gunner. No. But there were definitely mm-hmm. listen to my law professor's podcast gunners in my school. Hmm. Um, yeah. Well, you went to a good school. I'm not saying Drexel's yeah. not a good school. I'm talking about my own experience at, when I was in law school. <laughs> at Rutgers? At, at Rutgers, yeah. At a not good okay. school. Yeah. And so you're, free to talk, you're free to talk mess about your own school. Yes. That is yes. not the one where you're teaching right now. Correct. Right. <laughs> I can I can I can knock myself, not others. Right. As your so friend I, who is an employment lawyer, I counsel you not to talk trash about your current employer. <laughs> right. Okay. I'm all done. So uh the employment lawyer that was just talking, that's Jason Ramesland. Hello. He's going to be uh getting me out of the mess I've got myself in. 
nope. one way or another. There's no, there's no, <laughs> no, yeah, no, no, no. You're, okay. you're, you're hosed. Sorry, oh. buddy. Yes. Right. I'm Jason. I sue people's bad bosses, uh, for fun and for profit. And it's great. I enjoy it. It's very satisfying work. You should get into it if you're interested. And if you are, you can find me by listening to this podcast, which is Andrew's, which is Andrew's bad podcast. Uh, Andrew's good podcast yeah. is minimum competence. You should listen no, to that one too. That's the I good one. I think this is a good one. It's that's the, good the one real because, one. That's the that's, informative one. Yes. Mm. That's the good one because uh, also half the time it's Gina, which mm. is better. <laughs> better. Yeah, by sure. Absolutely. The better Professor Leahy, the better Attorney Leahy, better in general. Yeah. Better half yeah. of all things. Yeah. The other person Just making fun of me company. is uh, Jake. Yeah, better company for sure. Yes. Yes. Uh, what Jake, do you do? You do something. I'm a land use, construction, local government attorney in Florida, Central Florida. Now you are uh, an attorney. That's right. I am an attorney. Okay. Yeah, still. <laughs> right. uh, they haven't taken that away yet. Was they this can't. in doubt? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, if it was in doubt, Jason would be in, have some business to take care of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd be I'd be searching for other local counsel. Uh but uh no, Jake, you're my favorite local you're my favorite local counsel. I don't want any other Thank local you. counsel other than you ever in my entire career. Uh you're oh, only yeah. allowed to sue in Indiana and Florida then. And Georgia, and Georgia maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And Georgia. I don't know. Maybe I'll get admitted to Illinois someday. Yeah. Maybe. You know, what's in crazy. Illinois? I, I know some people that are like know. bad bosses. Everyone wants Every once in a while, a friend is like, yeah, I'm taking the California bar. Or, yeah, I'm taking the New York bar. Yeah. I'm like, God, I'm a poor soul. Like yeah. People like flying I, to go take a test? Who? Yeah, no, for no, no, multiple no. days and studying yeah. on top of their day job. Like, you know, the bright side is it, it. the California bar unlocks a lot of doors that the Indiana bar and Florida bar don't unlock for you. Yeah. So that part's nice. No, I have been in the process of waving in. I just realized because I've forgotten about mm-hmm. it into New York for three years i don't, wow. I don't even know oh, it's, it's still in process it's just you know for it takes forever you and it's completely opaque you have no idea what's going on yeah. there's no information just suddenly you get a thing you completely forgot you even started doing this because whatever cockamamie idea you had was 18 months ago now and so you're yeah. like what does the new york bar want with me oh right i paid like 500 dollars to do this oh okay yeah what do you need That's... now character and fitness things okay it's a lot cheaper than it was to wave into georgia I think that was like two thousand. Ooh, really no maybe Maybe it was fifteen hundred. I don't know. Wow, but like five hundred bucks in New York. That's like uh, cab fare, right? Yeah, that's true. So. You cannot wave into Florida, right? Uh, it was a whole thing, like yeah. down here when I first moved here, where they proposed it, and uh, the the there was a big uh, blowback from people saying like everybody's just going to move to Florida and practice because protectionism. Yeah, like a states and trust stuff, basically. But especially a, especially yeah. for a state where like. It famously has a ton of retirement communities. Right. It's just like everybody's just going to move here and keep practicing when they retire. I mean, basically everybody from Connecticut, New York, New Jersey, they all kind of retire in Florida at various parts. I assume yeah. that they all go to the villages and uh, end up becoming super MAGA folks. But mm. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's the I cycle. Done a, I think so. I haven't done a census lately. I think it's no. about right, though. Yeah, I think or I mean, it might be like because I'm imagining the people I know that are older here. Maybe if you hang out, if you stay in the Northeast, you're not MAGA. So may- maybe that's the separation. It actually happens up here. You feel yourself starting to drift towards MAGA. And so you get the white pants and the white <laughs> shoes and the golf cart and you head down to Florida. You don't stay. <laughs> Sirens call of Florida. Yeah. <laughs> and start, you start thinking like, that sounds like a great idea. I'm going to go there. Mm, it's not a great idea. It's never no. a great idea. No, I don't think so. Well, Jake, okay, you so, remain uh, my favorite. You remain my favorite <laughs> Florida local council. And speaking Thank of Florida you. local council, we should quiz them about what's going on with Disney because yeah. I don't understand at all. So, okay. So there was an update 
and the Reedy Creek thing of which I am known. And unfortunately, so so let's set the stage here a little bit because Jake was like uh, interviewed on cable news networks, uh, like that level of informed and informative about the whole Reedy Creek process when it Mm -hmm. started happening. When did that saga begin? Like a year and a half ago? Yeah, it was in April or May of 2022. Yeah, okay. Um, I saw B-roll of you um, uh, looking at a monitor uh, really intently and typing. Like it was that, like that kind of a segment yeah. where they actually looking filmed very handsome you. too. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and typing away. <laughs> it looked really like you were doing some research. You were getting to the bottom of what was going on down there in that Reedy yeah. Creek. I I was on the TV. I want to say maybe 25 to 30 times, um, cool. which was fun. It was fun while it lasted. Uh, I think I'm done, uh, but like, as in, I don't want to do it anymore. Um, <laughs> you think you're regardless done, of whether or not the story's over. Right? You think you're done, uh, as is Disney's uh, lawsuit, right? Oh, no, nope. nice. this no, this particular oh. one, no, no. I don't. Well, I don't mm. think so. Here, here's okay. the thing. So this is the this is the lawsuit. This is the big one. This is the big one saying you can't um, you can't take over this district, depriving us of our right to vote. Uh, and they sued Ron DeSantis, the state of Florida, and the new district that got taken over. And just like 10 second version, they used to have a special district that they ran as the landowners. And then that got replaced with governor appointees, went from abnormally landowner controlled government to abnormally political controlled government. Um, and the question is this is a state mount- managing its own local governments. Um, like, can they sue over this, even though it's clearly first amendment retaliation because they were, this was in reaction to them talking about oppo- opposing the governor's schooling in the right. uh, bills. Um, and uh, the issue, so they sued, uh, the judge dismiss, just dismissed the case. But the important thing is that like the, the dismissal is on a thing that like I, I called out, I'm sure I wasn't the only one called out that called out as the biggest problem for Disney's lawsuit, which is the 11th Circuit has said that you cannot sue for retaliation for a legislative bill um, unless you're singled out. If it's facially, if it's facially neutral, if it's facially mm-hmm. valid, rather, if it's facially valid, then you can't sue for retaliation. And there's a limited exception for if it singles you out. And in this case, it singled out. It didn't single out Disney. And it it named a whole bunch of proper Disney's properties. But also, right. they aren't technically the only landowner in the district. There's like two or three other landowners that, that own property in there. Uh, so they named the Disney's properties, but it didn't name Disney itself. And so the district court said, well, that they didn't single you out. So you're... So this case goes away under our binding precedent. Yeah. And now the Disney gets to take it to the 11th circuit. And I said back in like, like a year ago, I was like, this is the biggest challenge. It's going to end up at the 11th circuit. And that's anyway, where it's headed. Cause it's a, cause it's a, uh, like it's a pure question of law really. Yeah. So like the first judge that Disney got on this was exactly who they would want is uh, judge Walker, who is, who has already ruled against Florida on retaliation issues regularly recently, I think at least once, maybe twice. Um, and they got a different judge who was less, at least outwardly friendly, right. less, less friendly that than judge Walker, who everybody kind of knew 
uh, what his position was on it because of those previous mm-hmm. retaliation cases. Um, but ultimately, it didn't really matter because this is a pure question of law. Uh, can you sue? Is this bill facially neutral such that you can't sue? Or and is there an exception that hasn't been found yet as to this retali- this pro- prohibition on retaliation cases uh, for facially valid bills? What is facially uh, district valid? Court, sorry. The district court judge is just completely handcuffed by this president, president, precedent, excuse me, uh, doesn't have the ability to uh, overrule what the 11th Circuit has done. And so judge at the district court level, which is like the entry level federal courts, has to rule consistently with the 11th Circuit precedent. And then it's up to Disney to decide, hey, we're going to challenge this up to the 11th Circuit and say, 11th Circuit, you got this wrong the last time you decided it, or you got it right, but it doesn't cover this circumstance, which I I have opinions about that too. And here's the... so. I think there the decision was totally a valid reading of the 11th Circuit's case law. But also one thing that I discovered when I researched this a year over a year ago um, was that the 11th Circuit's case law is actually super vague about all this. Um, it has that blanket declaration, facially valid bill, you cannot sue for retaliation. But it doesn't explain what facially valid means. Yeah, that was my um, question. I don't know what that means. And then it says that uh, you can't single somebody out. What singling somebody out also isn't really explained. So like if you're named, you're named. Also, what does that mean? How does that relate to facially valid? Because is that an equal protection thing? Right. Like what? Because it's not facially neutral, right? It's facially valid. That's the the term of art. Yeah, I think think that was was something like that. Okay. Right. Right. Um, And... uh, because facially neutral, I think there's a lot of ways to get around that. Right. But facially valid is another thing. Because they didn't, in the case where they found an exception because 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 uh, the person was singled out, they didn't make them go through an equal protection analysis in order to right. get to the part where, it, no, yeah, it's not, we can move past this. Um, so it's all vague because this doesn't happen very often. Right. Um, and it certainly hasn't happened like this. So I can imagine a situation where a district court looks at that and says, actually, this is singling out because you name their properties. There's a limited class here. There is only the class of property owners. And the fact that they added one or two property owners who have as collateral, the fact that there's some collateral damage doesn't take away that it's prohibited retaliation. Um, well, in singling out, I mean, it strikes me that it shouldn't be the case that if you name, you know, five uh, entities that, you know, technically you're not singling out anymore now, right? You're naming five yeah. entities that you're retaliating against. That should right. get you to skirt around the law where it's like, look, we d- actually did this for administrative convenience. We wanted to screw over five separate property holders. So we just threw them all into one yeah. bill. And now we actually it turned that, that worked out for us because that means we're not singling anyone out. It's five. Yeah, or- it's not singling. Or they can screw over, or they they name six. We right. wanted to screw over the five, and then we threw in an additional one to, because at least one property owner didn't. We didn't have this animus towards. Right. So oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Therefore, yeah. <laughs> we're not singling right. them out. We're just and it's like screwing you, not because I hate you, but because you're like, too similar like to these guys. We needed to, we needed right. somebody in there to make this okay. To get one this. of these things is not like the other. The, yeah, he's just there going yeah. like, why am I here? The, the rule is like the thing is this hasn't happened very often 
There's a million ways what that they can either kick Disney's claim out and just like pray that it never happens again because th- it's it's an obvious policy problem to say legislatures can do this, can basically openly say, oh, you did this, you said this, protected speech, we're going to retaliate against you and you cannot have a claim. No matter what, we can out here confess to our unconstitutional intent and you can't do anything about it. Yeah. Like, I don't think the 11th circuit is going to be super comfortable with leaving it as undefined as it is. I yeah. think they're going to come out with some, some, some guidelines there that are more than what's there right now. Uh, and they'll be able to, they won't, it won't be that difficult to fit it into their existing framework by saying this is singling out because it's a defined class of property owners. Yeah. Um, mm. And they don't have to go further than that. Uh, so that's still my feeling on where it's going. It's going to, I think that the 11 circuits is, I'm not, I, it's far from a done deal, but right. you know, that's my, that's my feeling on where the 11 circuits going to go on it. It seems to everyone me like, has, sorry, go ahead. Do you think everyone has lost interest in this and basically they're all, uh, incentivized to have it sort of go away? Well, the governor certainly lost interest seemingly. <laughs> I don't think he expected um, he, that he'd still be there to deal with this. Yeah. I'm right. sure. I thought he'd be busy. Yeah. I, he will. <laughs> the thing is, it's going to be at the 11th circuit after he's out of office so oh is, yeah what's um, his term his his term ends this year oh really um, i didn't know that okay so uh oh i'm sorry he am i wrong no his term ends in 2026 i'm silly um but it still could be still, go, sure. still yeah. going on in a, absolutely uh I would uh, expect in the, in, the, in the ordinary course of an appeal, I think a federal appeal time track is probably ordinarily in the range of about 10 months, but oh, really? uh, I, I think so, uh, okay. but I, I don't know for sure. Uh, it, one of the things that seems really, this is, this is a policy problem that needs to be addressed by the court because this is bad policy to allow this naked retaliation against these entities for its viewpoint discrimination and violation of the First Amendment. And we already have a mechanism for handling something like this from a policy perspective where instead of just saying having a blanket statement that you can't sue, you, you have uh, no right to pursue this claim when the statute is... Uh, or the legislation is facially, what was it? Not neutral, uh, facially valid, valid. facially valid, uh, whatever that means. Like, okay, let's just give it the treatment that we do with so many other things in law. And naturally my mind goes to employment law where you make your prima facie case, you check all the boxes to make the elements of your case. uh, And uh, so you make this showing of facial uh, validity and that whatever that means, you define the elements of what makes something facially valid. And instead of just shutting the lawsuit down all the way, what that does is it gets you a rebuttable presumption of validity, of enforceability, of legality, that it you know rebuttably uh, presume, we rebuttably presume that this statute is valid. And then the burden shifts to the person who's complaining of this unlawful viewpoint discrimination to show why... Uh, it is not facially valid or facially neutral or why it still encroaches on it. Uh, so you at least like, you don't give them carte blanche to, you know, say, uh, you don't even get to challenge this at all because we were clever enough to not include your name specifically in the legislation. Like that's, 
that's mighty weak. And I think probably the better policy position here is, sure, we don't want every single piece of legislation to, to be immediately challenged every time, even though it feels like they always are. Uh, but create this rebuttable presumption where then Disney can come back and say, yeah, but look, here's all of the evidence that actually what you're doing is unlawful viewpoint discrimination, even right. though the statute is facially valid. So, you know, still kick this out, please, 11th Circuit Court. I hope that's what they do. There's a framework that's already built in. We do it in employment discrimination cases all the time under the McDonnell Douglas framework. And the 11th Circuit's going to be mighty familiar with that. And so I think they ought to just pursue something like that. And to play the the devil's advocate here, and I like I understand the court's concerns on this. The, you'll see all the writing about this issue is about how they don't want to get into the weeds on how legislatures make bills and that they can't be too sure about the the intent of the actual in- collective intent of a body of often 100 or more people um, and plus a governor and all that. Um, and so there's separation of powers and federal federalism concerns like you don't mm. want the courts to get involved in the legislature too much and get in force them to comply with discovery. And also you have a federal court in this case, theoretically a, ordering a state to install a new government. If which you is say the 11th Amendment, weird. I'm going to spit. <laughs> I know. It, honestly, it's all it's all vibes based in my, my feeling is it's all vibes based and these vibes, the vibes of doing that are off. And that was one, that was something that the judge talked about, um, which is the state tried to get rid of it partially on the idea that they, that uh, Disney doesn't have a remedy because the court can't do anything uh, because it can't grant an injunction to install a new government. But the court said that it could grant an injunction to prevent the new board from uh, exercising oversight over Disney. Um, So that's an interesting point. And that's another legal point. Uh, I am not I am sure that Florida wants to get rid of this and Disney. They both kind of want it to be over. Neither of them really have an interest in fighting over it a lot. If they can find a graceful way to put the put everything down, I bet they will. Uh, but, uh, I mean, obviously that's not happening right now. Um, so we'll see, there have been bills proposed in the legislature to put the old board back, um, or not to put the old board back to, but to put Disney in charge of it in some way, or at least like make it, make it different, uh, from what it is now. And we'll see if those goes and go anywhere. I'd be a little surprised, but, um, at least the way that it was set up, this way, which is like, it's just like random people proposing it, random legislators, but we'll see. I'm not, a, I'm not a Florida legislator expert. So, uh, that's I also like the idea of random based. people. I, I think random, random people, people chosen from, from the theme park, like just, uh, you know, yeah. random ticket holders <laughs> should be yeah. making these decisions. That's what the do you think? Yeah. yeah. Swipe yeah. your magic band to, to, right. to <laughs> for your vote on what just should while, like, be done with the Central Florida Tourism Well, like Mickey's district. taking a picture, he can, you know, just sort of uh, whisper in somebody's ear and get some input, you know? These are the people, these are the real stakeholders, right? Yeah. The the way that it that these bills were passed in the first place, which is like, they kind of just like, they came in with the presumption of getting passed and they passed. Right. Um, as opposed to these, which are like being put up for, you know, uh, debate just makes me feel like it's not going to get done. But again, not a not a legislator, ex- legislative expert, not yet. Um, 
No, I no. see. I, I, I think you're going to be on like uh, last week tonight again. I, I have a sense this is going to all blow up again, oh. and you're going to get dragged. I would have to write again, and I don't want to. <laughs> I think somebody will make you. Maybe somebody on this podcast. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But I, I don't know. I, like it, it seems to me that it's not going away, going away any, anytime soon. And yeah. I think you still you have more more time. But it'll be and, boring and, uh, for from now until the Eleventh Circuit does anything. Yeah. And then if it does, and then whoever loses there. I, I, the next, they're going to try to appeal to the Supreme Court, whoever it is. Sure. Uh, that loses. And then we'll have to wait for the petition for the writ of certiorari, uh, right. and to be decided. Uh, and then if that gets granted, then we have to wait for our argument. And so, you know, uh, in the meantime, and I'm sure that once, like, whoever, if Florida lost, no, never mind. I was going to say, if Florida lost, there would be, um, uh a some kind of injunction keeping the current board in place uh but if they lose this they disney still has to go back to and win their case so um mm, yeah i got you but central florida tourism oversight district is not going anywhere anytime soon unless the legislature passes something yeah fun yeah okay well, speaking of other things that uh, I don't know anything about, but I'm happy to, to you know throw comments towards. Apparently, Elon Musk is down like uh, $55 billion based on a decision yeah. from a uh, Delaware uh, 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 judge. Yeah. Hey, collect uh, some donations for this poor man. Yeah. Um, so I didn't understand <laughs> no, that at first. So these were <laughs> options that he had. So he had the option to purchase yeah. shares of Tesla at a set price worth $55 billion. And apparently I read, uh, so I'd like to say friend of the pod, but I'm sure she's never listened, but she's a member of uh, ESQ yeah. social, uh, and Lipton's, uh, blog post on this. And so my understanding Just generally of, brilliant person. Yes. Like, that's why I wanted her. to be friend. Of, I want to say friend of the pod. I want to like, steal valor or, or whatever. Fr- friend in our hearts friend. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah Hero uh, her, in the pod. Ch- her in chancery daily friend friend in our hearts yeah. yeah so this is fully over as most things we talk about fully uh over my pay grade but my understanding is that uh the concern is that he basically had control of the board that uh, gave him this compensation package yeah is that everybody else's understanding of this right. as well it he it has been made to seem that way uh and we can we can talk about how he it was made to seem that way it sounds like it was basically a not exactly captive board but not far from a captive right. board from musk's perspective uh and uh, uh of course naturally he's in there saying well no this wasn't a captive board but there's pretty clearly uh video evidence from him doing an interview i think maybe it was on 60 minutes with like leslie stall maybe i'm remembering this incorrectly where he was yeah. basically bragging to her that he uh, had complete control of the board <laughs> he is the board yeah. yes uh and so like not <laughs> really like gonna be a very yeah not a very availing argument uh when you're on you know this reputable news program uh television news program saying yeah i have these guys captive like well which one is it elon yeah one of the directors yeah. is his brother right i mean it, based on w- what i read so it seems pretty oh, clear to his former divorce attorney it's yeah. like full of people that were ma- that basically he made them super rich. Yeah, yeah it uh, doesn't seem to me to be like really much of a debate. Like, I mean, th- th- these people are on this board that don't have resumes that would suggest they'd be on the board of a uh, huge, you know, automobile manufacturing company yeah. outside of uh, me and Elon are buddies. Yeah, th- right? here's the here's the 
the transcript from the 60 Minutes interview with Leslie Stahl. Um, <laughs> did you handpick her talking about the independent director Denholm? Uh, Denholm. Yes. Stahl, the impression was you put she was put in to kind of watch over you, Musk. Yeah, I mean, that's not realistic. I mean, I'm the largest. Uh, I'm. It's not realistic in the sense that I am the largest shareholder in the company. I can just call for a shareholder vote and get anything done that I want. Um, so, you know. Ooh. And he referred uh, to himself as the Techno King. Yeah. Also, not great. That was, like an that official was his, title. His title. Yeah. Uh, his, one of the directors started crying, thinking about <laughs> how, how important Musk was to the company. Um, right. But when explaining their process for it, uh, for negotiation, they said there wasn't really an adversarial process. It was more vibes based. Whoops. They didn't say vibes based exactly, but they said there was yeah. no adversarial process. Yeah. Um, they also said that the option tranches, like the 12 step up on uh, step uh, targets right. were designed to give Elon Musk dopamine hits. And if they weren't big enough, then he wouldn't get enough dopamine. And apparently there was um, internal documentation that suggested those uh, thresholds had already been met or were projected to be met uh, very easy. Like the, the stretch goals were not stretch goals at all. You know what I mean? It was like a QVC yeah. thing where they were faking the number of people calling in and ordering the horrible <laughs> tennis bracelet or whatever. Right? This is all fake. Nice not, reference. Well yeah. done. I like that one. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, it seems pretty cut and dry to me. I, when I first heard yeah. it, when I first heard the news come out, I, I figured this is going to get appealed and, and it's going to be he's going to get his 55 billion dollars because people who get 55 billion dollars uh always win right you know what yeah. I mean? nobody's going to take that away but looking at it it, it sure seems like I, he's screwed. i mean it's it's so fact-based that's the thing yeah. like so yeah so you got and the fact finder was the chancery the, the very well respected chief judge of the chancery court like right and also um the it's interesting the the burden of proof here is that he like uh you they are have the burden of proving fairness that is elon musk had the burden of proving fairness in this case uh and then the fairness once once it was proven that um uh that the board once there was an issue that the board was under his control then they then that kills him um he failed to prove that but he could have gotten rid of that by showing that the shareholders, the majority of the minority shareholders, approved it with with a uh, adequate a disclosure, right? And the, the disclosure had to be fully adequate. And the judge found that it wasn't for a number of reasons. Yeah. But apparently, um, if he had too much sway, that wouldn't have saved him anyway, because yeah. it's sort of like it doesn't really matter what the the shareholders say. Like he's, I mean. You could like speaking hypothetically, just as like from a policy perspective, you can imagine a scenario where there's a CEO that has potentially not a lot of like I'm thinking almost like the Microsoft and OpenAI sort of the soft um, influence that doesn't need to necessarily be formalized in uh, organizational charts or something, right? Elon Musk, pretend for a second that it is true that he is Tesla, and like the only reason anyone buys a Tesla is because he's great. It doesn't really mm-hmm. matter the extent to which he actually owns shares in the company. If he threatens to leave, that could be the end of the company, right? So like he can he can yeah. have sway over the other shareholders in such a way that even if they do ratify something he does or or they all agree or whatever, it seems from what I was reading, I only read excerpts of the decision, that still might mean that that would be a like a controlled board basically and a and controlled shareholders and thus not 
save him from this outcome. Does yeah, that make no, excuse I, he can't... for not reading the whole opinion because it was two hundred yeah. and some yeah. pages <laughs> long. So like, you're you're off the yeah. hook for you. I'm not sorry, reading I do all this, the reading for class. This small. Yeah, no, novel. I wasn't. I I read right. Chancery Daily and uh, Anne Lipton blog. Yeah, um, I ordered the... the textbook, but it didn't get here yet. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but the. Uh, you know, he he's the CEO and that comes with all of these fiduciary duties. Right. So can shareholders be so in favor of a CEO that he's allowed to break his fiduciary duties? I, uh, probably not under Do- Delaware law is my guess. Um, and not under the way that their corporation is set up. Um, maybe you, you should take Tesla private in order to get let him do all this stuff because there's no, you know, he right. doesn't have to worry about what that with X. So, uh, well, I saw uh, a tweet that he said that I think he's thinking about taking Tesla. Oh, private. it's a couple of years ago, but I think I don't know if he's still working on that. Funding but, confirmed. Right. I think he has the money. He's just he's oh just my waiting. God. It's every everything this man says. So obviously, the, the second this happened, he said we're having a shareholder vote to move to Texas, and right. it's just like, bro, you're you're violating your. You're just like, do, but you're putting yourself in court. You're going to be in court on that statement now. Yeah. Uh, even if you he, never do it, you're going to get sued. You're going to spend all your time getting deposed, man. He would be a great VP talking. pick for, for Trump. I, I guess he can't. I don't think he's, he was, he wasn't born in the United States, right? But yeah. If he could, he'd be great because they're a perfect match, right? Just continue like, like saying things in court that will lead to another court date. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just unbelievable foot in mouth ability. Uh, no matter no matter how rich you are you if you do something personally you're gonna have to show up to a deposition <laughs> yeah also i i don't understand how he thinks that and maybe it's just like uh, a tantrum that's happening here that seems like the most likely explanation of it but like why on earth would he think that transferring the state of incorporation from delaware to texas is going to solve this immediate problem like no, Delaware had jurisdiction over this problem when you did it. And so like, there's no, there's no, uh, rewinding this transaction. Like it is being unwound according to the chancery court. Yeah. Right. But, so, the shareholders, like, so, but then he wants yeah. to, the, the board to give him yeah. a new package, which is worth right. $150 billion because they're all, and he doesn't want side. this chancery rule yeah. about how, how it works. His whole his whole posture is that it's just the court getting in the way of what the company and shareholders and the board and he they are all in agreement, right? There is no I'm not I'm not holding sway over anybody. This is what they want to do. They know I am the company. They know I've made this company you know what it is, and they want to pay me this. And this is the Delaware court getting involved and like yeah. you know, meddling in like family affairs or something. Look, um, and see so we all of to... my people on on Twitter X. They agree with me. They because, voted look, for me to go to Texas. There's this hugely, there's this overwhelming proportion of people on Twitter uh, who have said, "Yeah, let's reincorporate in Texas." Right. Uh, well, funny. who's left on Twitter X anymore? But you're the like n- your neo Nazi buddies <laughs> right. and your fans. So like, yeah, maybe you move it to Texas and you sort of redo the whole transaction. Uh, Although it's been a few years, I think, since the whole thing happened. I mean, it's made its way through the chancery court. So it's been a few years. Right. Uh, So you redo it again. And, you know, I understand that he's pretty pissed at this one particular Delaware judge and the chancery court in general. But like, I don't think Texas is going to be a whole heck of a lot softer on this sort of thing. 
most states look to Delaware courts anyway when it comes to interpreting matters of or like ruling on matters of corporate governance because Delaware is like the state that yeah. that is the I, go-to for that. Yeah. That and they're the state and because of that they have a lot of case law and that's <laughs> you it, something even worse might happen. You're going to have a jury trial on your uh <laughs> uh on your compensation package um to that point in delaware uh, shout out to ann lipton she pointed out that also between this and and the the as we often forget but the compelled purchase of twitter uh delaware has cost him 90 billion dollars which is just hilarious i mean that that if we if we assume that twitter has a zero dollar valuation which i think is not super far off um, yeah, I don't know if it's, it is that what she was doing. Was she assuming zero dollars? No, I, I, I don't know. I think the, I think she was just taking forty four billion, and you know. Oh, okay, gotcha. All right. Yeah. The other funny thing I thought was a great point she made um, is the idea that like once it's out of once you, you sort of have, have successfully made the argument that the the uh, the board is is under control of, of Musk, right? And so now the court is looking at the compensation package and trying to decide if it's fair, if it's reasonable, if it's whatever. The idea that they needed to c- compensate him at that at that level in order to prevent him from like being distracted and going off on these other projects and the clearly to failed. Which, <laughs> First of all, yeah, that is clearly failed. And the extent to which that is what has enabled... I, I'm pretty sure Ann Lipton made this point, so I'm just stealing a point she, she yeah. said. Um, that is what enabled him to have these other side projects because he's leveraging these options and yeah. these holdings in Tesla to go purchase Twitter and and you know fund SpaceX and what what is the other thing? The solar company. The What is it? Solar, solar City? S- solar City. Yeah, didn't he... I'm sure he well, purchased that. I thought that. Tesla bought Solar City. I might, I might be wrong about that. Maybe but I he thought did. that was that was a thing where like Tesla bought Solar City, but he had shares in Solar City. And so it was a alleged self-dealing transaction or something like that. It might have been something like that. Yeah. But anyway, my point is just that, or, or actually Ann Lipton's point, as I understood it, um, is that the idea of this preventing him from being distracted, there is a point at which you've compensated him so much. And with his particular proclivities, you've yeah. enabled his distract distraction. <laughs> yeah. And the, and the court, exactly. <laughs> and the court mentioned like, then you would have included an exclusivity provision in that pay package. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but you didn't do that. Here's $50 billion. Uh, you can't go uh, acquire Twitter. It's, it's just funny how, like, it, add him to the pile of people who, who were like, we're just seeing, thanks to social media, how many uh, super rich people are just uh, uh, people getting treated with kid gloves because they can't handle reality. Um, <laughs> and and it's it's like uh, the entire board was threw out all of the company's interests because they were worried about like about piss, uh, about pissing him off or worried about like like making him upset at all because like he wouldn't be able to handle normal governance. Uh, and he and they I think they were right. Honestly, is the thing. Absolutely, I think they were right. Yeah, but was, this were they fifty five billion dollars right? I don't know. I like honestly. I think that there's a good case that Elon Musk is worth was worth fifty five billion dollars to 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 Tesla, like generated twenty really? five billion dollars in in value because oh, he's he was such a good hype man, um, and he's like he was an Ike like he go back six years, seven years. He's like uh, one of the most beloved people out there, like hmm. uh, one of the most universally idolized people. I think you're um, right about that part because like there was that phase where he was uh, at the helm of Tesla and SpaceX and Tesla was like actually making strides, cracking into cracking finally 
electric car market. And I don't think mm-hmm. any of that was actually Elon that was doing it. Uh, but then like he got a lot of hype and people were ta- starting to talk about him. Like, is this the real life Tony Stark? Yeah. Uh, when he was, when uh, SpaceX, a com- another company that's under his uh, domination, probably uh, was landing rockets standing right. straight up and safely and reusably like, okay, that was like a pretty big watershed moment uh, in space travel and uh, uh, in aerospace engineering. And so like he's presided over in some way, like, yeah, he was kind of a hero, but $55 billion hero. Like, uh, I'm not sure about that. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, if you think about it, the, the, what he was given was an option to purchase shares at a set price at that time. So it wouldn't have been $55 billion then. Right. Right. And it's also purchasing shares from the company. So it's like, yeah, okay. Like it's, I understand money's money and it's fungible, but it's a little bit like, uh, if we're worth that much, then sure you can have some of that. Well, you, Whatever. Th- you could have predicted it was worth $55 billion at the time because it only hit if you reached that share price, right? Or it, you, it, oh, okay. or it only hit if you reached that target. So you know that these shares are going to be worth way more when it oh, hits. Oh, the targets were share, were, were, uh, share I'm not, price. I'm, I'm not sure they were share price. I shouldn't, I shouldn't rely I, okay. on that. But, but if they, I, even you if be right, they were revenue-based, right. that means you know that the share is worth way more. Right, because okay. yeah, if you're seeing all these increases in sh- in revenue, then you're going to see a tangential uh, uh, effect on the share price. And of course, but, if it was a share price based, then you would also know that. Right, right. but a dollar, like being willing to give you a dollar based on some speculative potential future thing, on like an economic from an economic standpoint, isn't really worth a dollar now, right? It's worth a right. dollar times the odds of that happening, right? Yeah. So you can make that argument too, where it's like, yes, they would know if all these things came to pass, he would be getting fifty five billion dollars. But it, there's a lot of things that have to come to pass, right? So it's not fifty five billion right. to them. But it also doesn't sound like this was shrouded in mystery. It sounded like there was a pretty, yeah, pretty predictable uh, likelihood that it was going to come to pass. Yeah, so. That's true. That's but, uh, well, the thing is, if you don't, if you're opposed to a 55 million share uh, pay package, then you don't have the 55 billion, 55 billion B. Again, this is like more, more money than like all but like 10 people, yeah. uh, t- total in the world. Uh, then you don't have the 55 billion dollar option, right? Because, uh, you it's worth less than 55 billion from the outset. Yeah, but yeah, so you're right. It wasn't like a straight up 55 billion cash. Right. But it still is um, an, an enormous but, amount of money. It was not yeah. agreeing to pay him $120,000 yeah. a year. It, it was putting up the possibility which all all, you know, all these CEO contracts include some incentive stuff that makes it partially, you know, partially potential money and all right. that. But it was putting up the possibility to have like 100 times the CEO pay of any other CEO ever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which is insane, like, yeah. like uh, he what he is an insanely, uh, he is a like, he is an insanely unique CEO in terms of his importance to the public image of the company. And at yeah. the time, it was so po- like it was so positive. I can see the case for like, like, look, give him ten percent of the company, like, right. uh, which would be an insane value. Um, it's like a Steve can, Jobs, but I can thing. see the case. Yeah, right, uh, except they even become, more because like. Yeah people knew computers like people knew at apple people knew computers um he was the only, but there was a only point game there w- out there on electric cars 
He was oh, the only okay. one. I see your point. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But I mean, uh, value to the company. There was a point there where Steve Jobs kind of became yeah. Apple, and Apple became Steve yeah, yeah, Jobs. Yeah. And actually, this is like, you got to check my math on this. But I wonder to the extent to which uh, Jobs dying and Musk's sort of ascension is could, could kind of be roughly they transferred. <laughs> well, I mean, like the, 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 the public te- consciousness, the techno uh, worship, yeah. the techno king worship transferred from Steve Jobs to Elon. Yeah, I think he handed d- the turtleneck people. Um, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, like. I feel like the people that are into well, like y'all, y'all are proving me wrong on this because you, uh, Jason, you have a Tesla, right? Or you had yes. a Tesla? Have have yeah. a Tesla? Andrew, do you have a Tesla? I do not have a Tesla. Okay, I was gonna say I feel like Tesla is more like more PC people would be <laughs> into not Tesla. anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. No. Well, are you talking about historically correct from, or not from Mac? N- what, do you, what what PC as yes as in microsoft windows and linux oh, <laughs> oh. yeah i was like what are you talking about politically oh. correct people are driving teslas no have you heard what you know this guy we're talking yeah. about he said? i was talking yeah. about i'm talking about okay. non-mac non-apple people i can um, see that but because they're more like they're more first mover whereas like apple is more um you know we'll do it later but we'll do it like super smooth you know what I mean? I like how you super smooth took a shot at Apple there. It's like towards the end there, you started started to, to you're taking a little bit of a shot there uh, at the, at the fruit yeah, company. Yeah, because they're because they're late to everything. Right. Um yeah. they're late. I see what you're but saying. Whenever they do it, they're late, but when they do it, they do it super well. Hmm. Um I think Tesla's initially took up the mantle of from Prius for uh I want to make clear that I care about the environment. Uh, that's the, the like that's not all, I'm not saying all Tesla drivers were old Prius drivers, but I think a lot of Prius drivers became Tesla drivers. Yeah. If that makes yeah. sense. Right. They're like cons- enthusiastic about electric and yeah. yeah. And I want to make it clear that that's, that that's true. Right. Because like Prius, for a long time, there have been other hybrid options, but nothing like screams that it's absolutely a hybrid, quite like a Prius. Even the modern ones, yeah. even the new ones look like you could see it from a mile away, right? You're driving a hybrid. So I felt like Tesla initially had that, had a little bit of a luxury thing. Now, it, I, honestly, they're, at least around here, they're so ubiquitous. I don't think you can make an argument that there is any one like demographic that you could say has them. Yeah, I, Most of the cars I see around are Teslas. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> like that is, it's far and away, I see more Teslas than any other okay. type of car. I think that says a lot enough. about the neighborhood that you're in. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, yeah. Like there are a lot of Teslas around here. Like it's not it's not nearly that ubiquitous. I would say if I walked around my block, I would probably see one or two Teslas. I mean, they but, produce like, a half million. You'd they probably a half million see, vehicles a year. It's a lot. You, you probably see. I want to say ten F one fifties. Yeah. Uh, if you walk around really? my block, in comparison. Yeah. Yeah, I don't um, see too many pickup trucks. Yeah. Well, I, look, Tesla yeah. wasn't the first. They didn't like invent the electric car. Uh, and they right. were not even like the first mover in terms of like the recent like adoption of it. Because I think the maybe the Model S might have come out in 2012 and the Model X may have come out in 2014. 14 i don't i'm not sure about that i think tesla was making the roadster which was like a super niche car it was around the lotus elise that they they rebadged right and put it put the electric stuff in and everything was that the yeah. roadster and i, and I oh, think really? that was around 2008 and uh, around 2011 or 2010 you have the nissan leaf you have the chevy volt and w- what tesla did was made electric cars nice yeah uh, yeah and cool right yeah. Where, not, like, not and, like hippie vehicles 
yeah, yeah, I mean, cool, and, cool cars for cool people. Yeah, and a Nissan Leaf is just a little. It's basically a, a, a jankety version of the Bug or something like that. Like it's, it's just. It was fine. It people love from place bug. to place. Yeah, I, yeah. This is. I have a Leaf. A, I like the Leaf, but I agree. It's not a luxury car. It is a. It's like a Honda Civic with an electric engine. It's like a very utilitarian, stripped down hatchback. Right, and it's and the older one was fast. even weirder. Yeah. Uh, and so like, yeah, okay, fine. I, I guess we're, we're coming off the rails here a little bit of, did Elon deserve $55 billion in a compensation package here? The answer is categorically no. Uh, you can keep the hero for, and this was before his super heel turn became very evident to the entire thinking world. Uh, you know, this was back when we were looking at, oh, hey, is he going to revolutionize space travel? Uh, we're going to have rockets that can relaunch. Think of how much money that's going to save. Uh, and before he turned into this, before he revealed himself to be this lunatic. Yeah. Uh, and so like categorically, it has to be no. No person's work, no person's influence is worth $55 billion. And you know how I know? The most influential person in the world is not going to make $55 billion this year. Taylor Swift is going to turn... <laughs> I was going to say... I, think I don't know she, where we're going. I think her influence is worth more than $55 billion. I don't no. think she's gonna, She's not going to make no. it. No. The she, amount her, of... She could... I wonder how much money, how much brand improvement uh she gave she gave the nfl for free i saw somebody uh, i saw somebody quantify this the other day i don't remember oh, yeah? ex- i don't remember exactly how much it was i like think it was to the order or of like 300 million or something like that i bet that's an underestimate because like cause Maybe the I'm- amount of like advertising that the nfl doesn't have to do to to women especially to people like the they're gonna be they have now they have stylists making NFL clothing like for fun, uh, which now they have cool looking NFL clothing, which they've never had. All their NFL clothing has basically been various logos. Um, and it, it's just, it's just wild. Um, and it's, Taylor did this simply by, uh, by showing up. That's literally, okay. uh, that's all she did. Here it is. Uh, according to msn.com, let's see, this is the spun. I don't know. That doesn't seem very reliable, but I don't know. Maybe Andrew Gould is a brilliant uh, uh, reporter. Love uh, the name. Ac- according to Apex Marketing Group, uh, Swift has Swift has accumulated $331.5 million in equivalent brand value for the NFL and the Kansas City Chiefs. And okay. so- yeah, who, who that's that's taken um, honestly marketing I think that's consulting group, but you know, yeah, but like imagine. Okay, so now imagine Taylor didn't just show up and date somebody, but actually put her energy into improving or like into the branding of various things. Like she's the only bill, she's the only music billionaire, musician billionaire that isn't didn't make their money from something else, like. Like other musicians made it by going into stock like cosmetics or clothing or something uh-huh. like gotcha. that. She doesn't do any of that. Um, and eventually, this was in my 2024 predictions. I think she's going to do something like that this year. And it's going to it's going to be crazy. She yeah. I think she will. She not only. So we were talking about whose influence is worth 55 billion. Right. Um, 
I'm not saying she's going to make $55 billion, but can she build a $55 billion business out of thin air? I think she can. I think the the GDP of Taylor Swift is like more than all of the Scandinavian peninsula put together. (laughs) They have too much oil for that, maybe. Yeah, Yeah, Norway's got a lot of oil. Um, they that they're part of the Scandinavian peninsula. Yeah, Norway. Yes. All right. All right. I blurted that out. I realized I should be more. (laughs) I should be more careful about just. Um. So, uh, I take your point on the idea, Elon Musk, Taylor Swift, whoever. Um, the idea that they're not worth. $55 $55 billion. I come around to that all the time. Like I completely agree. Nobody's worth that amount of money. But the place I fall down is the simple question of if if somebody makes $55 billion for or makes $100 billion for a corporation or for other people, why are, do they not deserve a decent proportion of that? Right. So in other words, if, if uh, uh, Elon Musk, uh, you know, say he nobody is nobody is worth $55 billion in terms of compensation. But if he uh, generated 50 billion dollars for tesla what is he huh. what, what, what what does he deserve from that so here's so and so you say not- we're, we're assuming that he's the but for cause of this wealth so let's yes. say you substitute elon musk with a perfectly competent uh right ex- chief executive tim Cook, and his yeah and his uh you substitute elon musk for somebody else right. uh and because you of can prove his the presence, proximate cause, yeah, right. you can, and you, you can, can prove, prove the, the proximate somehow. and but for right. cause that right. he generated. Let's say the company is five hundred billion dollars more valuable because he right. is there as opposed to everybody else. Yeah, right. in a pure like in a pure capitalism, there is no government. There are no other policy considerations. I think, like, of course you pay, you pay him, right? You pay if you know that ahead, ahead billion, of time, right? Shoot, he can negotiate for two hundred fifty billion. Why not? Right. Um, That's where I fall down. It, like, it, I think it comes around. This is getting outside of the scope of this podcast, obviously, but I think it comes down. You have a scope. You you wind up making an <laughs> argument against capitalism at a certain point. I mean, I first thought of it with like with baseball players. Somebody gets paid some exorbitant sum, but they sell more merchandise. They are like Shohei Otani or whatever. Right? Mm-hmm. He's getting paid way too much. He's not. I'm not saying that. But like, let's say he's getting paid way too much. If he brings in more than that amount of money for the Los Angeles Dodgers, why should it be in their pockets and not his? It yeah. becomes this like thing where you just keep tracing it further and further back. And so he's, you know, no one person should get paid that amount. Okay. But should all of uh, these people who have even less to do with it get paid uh, pretty close to that amount? Yeah. No, yeah. they shouldn't either. Well, okay. How far back do we need to go? Yeah. 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 Ultimately, it's all the shareholders' fault. Um, we should all go after shareholders uh, all the time. I'm joking because I don't, I don't even know how like you even start. But uh, like, that's the thing, like, as a, I, the arguments, there are good arguments for why nobody should be allowed to be a billionaire. Absolutely. Like, because, because it's a policy problem that somebody can basically buy their, buy influence in that, it, to that extent and buy their way out of problems. I think it's the aforementioned Ann Lipton who had an article that was titled, uh, Every Billionaire is a Policy Failure. Yeah. I completely agree. I completely agree with that argument. Yeah. But like, yeah, so... But if you ignore that, because clearly our legal system isn't set up that way, right? Then you know, I, there's a there's a good argument for Elon Musk being worth fifty five billion dollars over twelve years or whatever it is, or over a certain number of years, right? Mm. If you can prove that he earned he but, increased but the for, value of Tesla, yeah. But and yeah. so let's let's like for a second tease out the but for thing, right? We're, yeah. We can never have that level of certainty, like computer right. simulation level certainty. So to the degree we can have certainty in this reality. 
what if we had that certainty, right? So you yeah. say, well, yeah, they it's really the engineers that did it or whatever. Okay, take the aforementioned Steve Jobs. He comes back to Apple. Apple goes from being uh, nearly going to be purchased by Dell to being one of the most uh, successful companies in the world. It's hard not to make the argument that that person caused that to happen. Should he be paid a billion dollars? You come back to that argument that like nobody's worth that. Right. But so then who is getting that money? Where is that yeah. money going? It should be compelled to go all the way down the, the line until literally a MacBook Pro is cheaper for the person who purchases it because that company should not be allowed to have that amount of money in its coffers. And the same thing here. Yeah. Should Tesla not be allowed to have like so he shouldn't get 55 billion. It gets kicked back to Tesla. Right. right. Where does that um, go? And that so goes whole- to well, at this point, well, because it was stock options each share is worth a little more because it's less diluted. Right. right? So major so shareholders that maybe just yeah. made $10 billion. Yeah. And right? then minor shoulder shareholders made a good 20 bucks or right. something like that. So is that um, a problem? Do we have to trace that out? And like, like I said, yeah. you have to go all the way down the line and eventually you're having a command economy where you're saying, no, you can't sell a Tesla for more than $25,000 because it costs you 24 to make it. So that's I mean, it. maybe we don't care. So right, if you if your if your incentive of limiting CEO pay is, or limiting pay slash wealth in general right. is to prevent you know the accumulation of wealth into a single individual to the point where it becomes a problem, then we don't care where where the money goes. Otherwise, we don't care if it goes yeah. to the corporation to the shareholders. If the shareholders make more than a certain amount, then I don't know, maybe that, but that's what I'm that's saying. I think, policy problem. Yeah, you're just divvying out the problem. Yeah. You're just taking the full pill of poison, cutting it up and giving it to the whole family, right? And it's like, okay, well, now you have everybody who's a little sick instead of a dead dad. Yeah. That's a bad metaphor, but and, <laughs> it's got and, really you know, weird. <laughs> Sorry. The, the uh, you know, just like saying that every billionaire is a policy problem, The like corporations being having a lot of money just the yeah. real the real problem is accumulation of power into single p- people. So like right. uh money is the easiest way to is the easiest for uh quantifiable me- method mechanism right. measurement of power. Yeah. And the Thanks, and, and that's the problem. Uh and yeah. it's just like the more I think about it it just makes me get sad. It's like oh this is unsolvable. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, because I think like a, one person having fifty billion dollars is a problem, but I don't know that ten people having five billion is that much less of a problem. The thing is, like, it is sort if of like once cahoots, you hit like that, you know, yeah, if they're in cahoots, if they all have a common interest in you know keeping their money or whatever else. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I like thinking about the, um, uh, you know, somebody going to war against a like. Elon Musk has more than enough money to pay 10 people, 10 people's salaries where their entire job is to fend off lawsuits for things that he says or, you know. Yeah, just follow uh, him around. If a a super rich person wanted to go sexually harassing employees, you know, Elon Musk has enough money to pay them off constantly. And that's the that's the remedy, right, is is you pay them. Uh, Even if they away his wealth that way. Yeah, true, like yeah. like even if they win in court, like like right, yeah. if you're rich enough, you just keep paying, like, and yeah. you don't yeah. care. In the uh, words of in the words of Eminem, you smile in the courtroom and buy you a new wardrobe. Yeah, I mean, like, eventually get punitive damages, I guess, but those are harder and harder to come by. So you know, yeah. And at those rates, like even a, even punitive damages, what are we talking? Yeah, about? Yeah, I mean, like even even when billions of dollars a year, like you you're never gonna get that. Yeah. Even when Trump gets hit with like an eighty-six million dollar uh, uh, judgment or whatever, it, when you're making fifty billion dollars, that's not okay. So yeah, 
how like it, it extrapolate that over the rest of like his expected lifespan and if he's just continually in court and continually facing 80 billion dollars at the end of every 18 month trial or whatever he still would have enough money to, to be the wealthiest person in the world so it doesn't matter yeah no. we're not solving uh, anything yeah. here today so yeah so uh yeah the world is un unsavable um you should all give up audience basically wow like like hoping it'll get better yeah Yeah. that's what he means yeah give up the other part no uh Uh, anyway (laughs) so we can recommend uh we can anti we can anti recommend billionaires uh, yeah they're not good (laughs) anti recommend billionaires recommend Uh, incorporating your your company in delaware um mm. maybe i don't know unless you want to get paid a lot and not have to worry about stuff then yeah. my, my my understanding is you should go to Texas. That's what I've heard yeah. recently. Is that's where you want to go? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any recommendations today. Do you, do you do you fellas have? I'll try to think of one while you you give recommendations. Uh, okay. I I got a recommendation. Yeah, I you go, go for it. Okay, it. It's not going to be as good as Jake's recommendation because Jake is going to talk about a video game, and I'm going to like that way better. Uh, but uh, we live in a cold climate now. We don't live in the South anymore. We live in the Midwest, kind of maybe central to northern part of the Midwest. Uh, and it gets cold here. It's been cold here. And when it gets cold outside, sometimes there's snow, sometimes there's ice. Uh, and sometimes your kids want to go out and play in it. Sometimes you want to go out and play in it. One of the worst problems that you have when you go out and play in the snow is your stuff gets wet, including your gloves get wet. And so there is this amazing little device that you can buy that looks like, you know, those little uh, goofy garden things that get advertised to you on Instagram or or wherever, where it's like, made out of PVC and you put a pylon up in your living room and you put Ah. plants in that PVC pylon. This is like that, but for gloves. Uh, And so you put it (laughs) over your HVAC register in the floor and it blows the hot air from your HVAC system up through these little uh, spindles, these little pokey sticks with holes in them so that it blows the air, it blows the warm (laughs) Uh, air through the gloves to warm them up and to dry them out. It's fantastic. It's like, uh, uh, I don't know. It's like taking them out of the dryer, but you don't have to mess with the dryer. You can leave it right by the, uh, right by the heat register, right by your sliding glass door that goes out to the backyard. It's perfect. It's great. If you have have an idea specific one to recommend, but I don't know, glove warmy thing (laughs) over HVAC duct is probably a good start on Google or Amazon. Bing it, bing it. Bang it. There you go. If you yeah, don't have it. forced air or or if you have an outlet nearby, Ooh. I have a standalone one that you just plug oh. in and it has oh. you can put boots on it as well. It's I agree. It's oh. fantastic. You this put your boots upside delightful. down on the thing. It's awesome. We don't get snow anymore, so it doesn't we don't really use it. But yeah. it was great when we had snow before. It's not really a Florida problem. Climate no. change took it away. Well, not an Orlando it's problem. Been, it's been cold recently. It's been getting down to like the mid 40s. Oh, um, life is pain. Oh, that's very yeah. good. We got up, I had we got to, up my, to the 40s. The son had to put on a sweater when you went to school. And oh, when nice. I went outside in shorts, it it was a little chilly. Um, so mm-hmm. you know, uh, we get pain. we get cold down here. On the bright side, at least uh, the rising sea level is not going to swallow up my entire state. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's look, Orlando <laughs> where I'm at is going to be beach beachfront territory. So we're cool. Yeah, congratulations. Uh, but, but really, before that happens, we're just going to get slammed by ten hurricanes a year. So. Mm. Um, yeah, I my recommendation. So we we had thought we might talk about Pal World, but we talked a lot about Elon Musk and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Pal World. Next time, I did play a lot of Pal World, which Pal World is a game that looks a lot like Pokemon, 
and therefore caused a lot of controversy uh, that it would just stole Pokemon's thing because you build a team of five or six little cute animals that you catch in balls in the wild. Hmm. Um, and so it, it, there's a lot of controversy around this game, but also it has sold 19 million copies. Um, Did it break wow. a record for concurrent users on Steam? It broke, so it had over 2 million computer users on Steam. I'm sorry, they sold 12 million copies and 9 million people were playing it on Xbox. 7 million people were playing on Xbox Game Pass where they didn't have to buy it. Um, It had 2 million concurrent players on Steam, which is the most of any game that has never been free to play because it costs 27 bucks. Um, The the winner being uh, PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds. Um, It is was it exploded uh in both terms of controversy and also popularity never seen an indie game sell this much like uh at least out of the gate i didn't even um, realize it was an indie game i thought it was made i thought it was like a you know it's relatively made by like major. 12 people um wow. it's crazy out of japan uh and it's their communications show it they like are not we're not prepared for any of this um <laughs> But I mean, it's a good game. It doesn't play like Pokemon at all. It's more like a survival game where you like build a base and you can the oh, the important thing about these these fake Pokemon, these pals, uh, you can get guns for them. Uh, you can have a a Pokemon monkey with an AK-47. Um, they're not it takes a while to get the yeah, they're not. Pokemon. That's not Pokemon. <laughs> no, um, but honestly, the guns aren't the most important thing about it. But uh, anyway, I did have fun with that game, but it's early access right now it's still pretty broken um and there's a whole lot of other things to talk about that game my actual recommendation is like a dragon infinite wealth which is another video game um which is out of the yakuza series uh made by Ah. sega uh which y'all may have heard of sega before um but it is a another japanese game uh with uh where um it's kind of an open world game. They've made like 12 of these. Um, and it is, you know, based, it's an organized crime based yeah. story. Uh, but the, the thing about it, do y'all know about it at all? It's like, I know about Yakuza. Is, is it like uh hitman grand theft auto type stuff? Kind of, but uh, it's not nearly as free form as like a grand theft auto. Like you walk around a map, you're not stealing cars. You're only walking. Well, you also you get a Segway in this game. Um, <laughs> that, How do you that's commit the, crimes on a Segway? Yeah, sold. Mm. So, <laughs> uh, and like you go into stores and you can like buy food and uh, it's like turn based uh, fighting. Um, but the thing that's uh, uh, it's kind of like a a mini game collection almost on top of the main game because. They've had these same mini games. Like you can go to the batting cages and play and oh, cool. hit home runs. You can go and play darts. Uh, you can do a dating mini game where you uh, where you try to get dates and you there's a game around texting where you try to match up your answer to the other person's personality. Um, there's a the the tone of this game is just wild. Uh, like you have a pet crawfish. Uh, a pet crawfish named Nancy, and you help. You that describe crawfish. the most insane games every time you give a game review. It sounds like I took like whatever I took. I either need to take twice as much of or half of because I'm sorry. Go on. 
yeah, crawfish no. named Nancy. <laughs> this is this is an insane game. Like Alan Wake, for example, in this game are so insane in completely different ways. This is so you have a pet crawfish who, who tries to um there's a romance between that crawfish and a hermit crab. Um as you do. And uh the, that's one example. There are also UFOs. Mm. Uh there's a UFO abduction of a cow. Um, and this is all next to an extremely self-serious uh, organized crime story about like organized crime coming after a child because the child is important. Um, and the juxtaposition of the two is just madness. And the, there are clips. There are so many clips and insane lines out of this uh, that I'll have to show you guys. But um, it's a lot of stupid, fun uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I recommend it if you're, if you're looking for something different, if you've never played something like that, unless um, you're taking acid, in which case don't definitely play this game. Yeah. Definitely I might have before the show. I've never done a drug in my life, but I think I did based on that description. <laughs> I don't know what's in this tea. There's but, a, there's um, a, there's a game where you're like a DoorDash delivery person, right. but uh, when you're making the deliveries, you get points if you do like flips while you're making the delivery on the bike. I think that's uh, an actual DoorDash rule. Tony, like, I think that's, Tony Hawk Pro yeah. Skater DoorDash. There's a there's a fake Pokemon Snap where instead of Pokemon, you're taking pictures of uh, of so-called perverts, which are people wearing opera masks and thongs sure. and just dancing out in the street. Right. Um. When I hear the word pervert, that's what I imagine. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. that makes perfect sense. Yeah. This uh, is on uh, Xbox, uh, PlayStation. Like, this it's on is everything, on right? play, uh, I, yeah, I think it's on everything. I'm playing it on okay. PC. Um, Very cool. Yeah. I'm playing this never. <laughs> no. <laughs> we'll wait till I, you see I, this I need Pokemon to be able to sleep. Snap, snap clone, man. Wait till you see. Whoa. Oh, man. I don't know if I can. Oh, there's an Animal Crossing clone in here, too. Oh, my goodness. Oh, boy. Okay, my recommendations are very easy uh, and quick, and I'll let everybody go. Uh, uh, one month until uh, not pitchers and catchers, but spring training. Baseball's yes. coming, right? Like February 24th and 5th. Two weeks think, for or, pitchers and catchers uh, for the Braves. Yeah, two weeks for pitchers and catchers, but like actually like televised uh, yeah. spring training games is like less than a month away at this point. Yep. It's like three weeks away. Can um, I, can, and, sorry, hmm? go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I, I, after you're done, I want to call an audible on something. Oh, okay, no. very, the other one's very simple. The app Libby has gotten really good. You guys know about Libby? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. My wife is really good. It all the time. I set my daughter up with it on her iPad. She like checks out books and gets to read books on it. Uh, yeah. Libby's really cool. I, I forget about it every couple, like for a few years, and then I come back to it and go, oh, it's unbelievable. There's all these ebooks and audiobooks just available it's for free. Know? Library. Good recommendation. Yeah. Library. Great Man, recommendation. library's got modern and it's cool. Yeah, when did this happen? So sorry, Audible. Uh, you got it. Yeah, go Audible. Uh, the baseball thing. Uh, the A's moved to Las Vegas. Is a right. freaking disaster. Have you all been yeah. paying attention to this? Yeah, that, a little bit. Yeah. So John Fisher, like, so they had to have a stadium plan in place by I think it was like December or January fifteenth or something, in right. order to keep getting revenue sharing. Um, and even though they had less of a deal than Oakland than they had in Oakland, uh, MLB and the players union was like, "This is fine. This is fine." Y'all, because y'all said that you have renderings of the stadium. Uh, that is has to be at the Tropicana hotel site under and the it bill. It has to be there. It has to be there under the uh, Nevada legislature's bill that was passed for like uh, authorizing the spending the taxpayer money for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has so to th- be there. That bill specified they, the site that it has to be at. 
because they created a special taxing district, didn't they? So like this uh, is they they created a special council and then but then until they made a modification, it wasn't going to have to be at that site. But then they okay. modified it so that it had to be at that site. Okay. Um. The so uh they had a press conference scheduled in like November uh to uh release these renderings and then they canceled it because it on the morning of uh two police officers were were killed and they were like out of respect for that we're canceling this um but actually the real but reason- actually there's no renderings and it's still it's like been two and a half months they haven't rescheduled it uh and there's now reporting saying that actually the people they hired to make the renderings say that it's not possible on that site uh because Ooh. of the the s- small amount of space that they have uh at least it's not possible to also build the resort which is part of the deal for how they got the site and for what they were going to build and so basically they have no site uh right. or they're going to have to do a totally different deal um and if they move their site they have to go back to the legislature because uh, they have to be done by 2028 and my understanding was like basically sometime in November was the latest that it was like even feasible that it could conceivably get done in time. By so 2028, I think they yeah. could still theoretically do it, okay. but they got to move. And in the meantime, we know that they're going to spend at least two seasons in a non-major league stadium unless they go, unless they come crawling back to Oakland. Because um, next year they're in the Oakland Coliseum or this year. They're right. in the Oakland Coliseum. It's going to be the saddest season in the Oakland Coliseum. It's going to be so sad. Uh, poor there players. There might be a lot of like saying goodbye stuff. Like you might have pretty good turnout. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I think that a lot of I can speak for the Oakland A's fandom where we can say I don't, we're not doing a We've nobody's going to show up. We're done giving <laughs> okay. money to them. Right. Right. Okay. Um, so there's, there's no, a lot uh, of there's no Sarah McLaughlin like uh, listless leasing. Yeah, yeah. I will remember you. Right. No, there. Here's the thing. There is, but it's not going to be at the Coliseum. There is uh, a uh, there's an Oakland A's fan fest, which the A's were invited to attend and didn't and decided not to. That's good. Mm. That's like being attended by like thousands of people, including a ton of former A's players. Um, that is all fan organized. That is going to be happening. Nice. Uh but yeah, so after that, what a mess! Nobody knows where the A's are going to play. It might be Sacramento, um, which is a AAA stadium, uh, small, but they're going to have to worry about people chanting "sell the team" there, um, and <laughs> right. or it might be in Salt Lake City. But the thing is, none of this is, and which is also a minor league stadium. Uh, so there's gonna they're just going to have to play for a few years in a minor league stadium. And, it is telling uh, that no matter what, they expect that they'll be able to fit the fans into a minor league stadium. Like, who's going to yeah. come? Don't worry about it. We'll be yeah. fine. We can do this in a little league field. Like, it's, it's just give me 40 acres of grass and we'll we'll play a game. We're not going to have that many people turning out. I mean, yeah, realistically, I don't think they're worried it's going to be the, the same caliber. It's going to be the same caliber of play as a minor league team anyway. So, yeah. That's and true. They, well, yeah, they, they keep cutting everybody. <laughs> selling everybody when, once they... Yeah. When they were I selling guess, their team, their you know the spending penny, public money on the A's, they right. were promising how they were going to be in the upper half of the payroll. It's like that's never gonna that was never gonna happen. Like why would no. you ever believe that John Fisher is going to be in the t- upper half of the payroll? Like that's yeah. he has not been when he took over the A's in two thousand four. Um, the A's were not in the upper half of the payroll and were slightly above average when it came to attendance 
Um, And it's only gotten worse on both ends since then. Like uh, since then they, he he just never invested in stars and attendance kept, kept going down and Las Vegas is a smaller market and it's going to depend less on the players on the field because he's going to be a tourist attraction. So why would you ever invest in it in players? Anyway, As a Braves um, fan, as a Braves fan, I thank him for uh, being a very, very for selling you all our pictures. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, players. I I'm pretty sure Olsen. we got uh, Matt Olson and yep. uh, what's the Sean uh, the catcher? What's his last name? Oh gosh, I got nothing. Murphy okay. is jumping to my mind, but I don't yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Murphy is that right? No, that's it. That's him. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. So right. thanks. My brain does work. Yeah. Thanks You're from welcome. a Braves fan. Anyway, yeah. so now I'm I'm all Oakland Ballers. Oakland Ballers for life. Then my minor league team in Oakland. Anyway. Oh, okay. okay. I was going to say, I thought they were changing their name to the Ballers. That's a terrible name for a major yeah. league team. Yeah. Oakland.